Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear, page by page. This is page 877. If you bring him back, you'll get a reward, or maybe we won't send anyone else after you? He was almost within arm's reach of me now, scowling furiously. I looked around and saw the same anger lurking in the faces of all the men who stood there. It was the sort of anger that comes to a slow boil inside the hearts of good men who want justice, and find it out of their grasp. Decide vengeance is the next best thing. I tried to think of a way to calm the situation, but before I could do anything, I heard Crin's voice lash out from behind me. Seth, you get away from him. Seth paused, his hands half-raised against me. Now! Crin was already stepping toward him. The knot of women loosened to release her, but stayed close. He saved us, Seth, she shouted furiously. You stupid shit-eater. He saved us. Where the hell were all of you? Why didn't you come get us? He backed away from me as anger and shame fought their way across his face. Anger won. We came, he shouted back. After we found out what happened, we went after him. They shot out Bill's horse from under him, and he got his leg crushed. Jim got his arm stabbed. And old Cupper still ain't waked up from the thumping they give him. They almost killed us. I looked again and saw anger in the men's faces. Saw the real reason for it. The helplessness they had felt unable to defend their town from the false troops' rough handling. Their failure to reclaim the daughters of their friends and neighbors had shamed them. Well, it wasn't good enough, Crin shouted back, hotly, her eyes burning. He came and got us because he's a real man, not like the rest of you who left us to die. The anger leapt out of a young man to the left, a farm boy, about 17. None of this would have happened if you hadn't been running around like some raw whore. I broke his arm before I quite realized what I was doing. He screamed as he fell to the ground. I pulled him to his feet by the scruff of his neck. What's your name? I snarled into his face. My arm! He gasped. <laughs> <laughs> he gasped, his eyes showing me their whites. I shook him like a rag doll. Name! Jason, he blurted. God's mother, my arm! I took his chin in my free hand and turned his face toward Crin and L. Jason, I hissed quietly in his ear. I want you to look at those girls. I want you to think about the hell they've been through in these past days. Tied hand. And the end of the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. 
I'm Jeremy. And I'm sorry Janetta. for whoever has to edit that page. I had a really hard time with especially the sentence that has no proper grammar. Actually, I want to I want to ask about that. Is uh, is the word thumping spelled T H U M P I N apostrophe in your book? No, it is not. Oh, it is okay. spelled actually thumping like T H U M P I N G, which I don't understand why you would bother to correct that word when you put the word give where the word gave should be and and waked is 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 waked a word? <laughs> like, no, it no, certainly it doesn't belong there. <laughs> it is. This guy is speaking in dialect, right? Yeah. It is very frustrating to read. <laughs> like I'm okay hearing a dialect, but reading a dialect is very difficult. Like mm-hmm. it. Like my brain was wired not to do that. <laughs> I do think Rothfuss has a bad habit of using dialects to kind of signal lower classness or like um, a, a lack of education. Here's something I encountered in Boston. I was listening really hard for like traditional Boston accents and local Bostonians explained to me that you don't actually hear those when you're in the nice parts of Boston, like downtown or Back Bay or Cambridge where Harvard is, because the people who live there, generally speaking, either aren't from Boston or went to fancy schools where they learned to not talk like that anymore. So if you want to hear like what a regional Massachusetts accent sounds like. You have to go to the more working class blue collar parts of Boston where those people have, you know, have had family there for five generations and they learned to talk that way. And I think that's all that the dialect has been to communicate. People live in smaller regional communities. They probably, you know, don't do a lot of traveling and they probably don't get a lot of visitors from outside. Hmm. I think the dialect makes sense in this case. Like, I think this might be a case-by-case basis uh, when it comes to, is Rothfuss using a dialect correctly? I think in this case, yeah, that he's using it correctly because they are, like, pretty, like, insular small town. And I think, Jordana, uh, in reference to that, the particular sentence, I think that it also signals a loss of composure in the character. Like, the more yeah, angry sense. he gets, the more uncomposed, the more dialect words sneak in. Yeah, that makes sense to me, especially because you'll notice it even, like... In someone who has trained themselves to talk a certain way, if they get emotional or animated, they'll probably start slipping into the way they grew up talking instead. Yeah, and I think had I read this page like in my head, it probably would not really like I would have picked up this is a dialect thing, and the fact that I would have might have read it slightly incorrectly, but actually correctly, uh, in in my brain probably would have like I still would have clicked that it was a dialect, but I wouldn't have stumbled on it as hard as I did when I had to read it out loud. Well, like your voice work like, was very good. I was going to say that. Yes, thank you for <laughs> your excellent arm. voice. <laughs> yeah, this this goober is Jason, who is Elle's fiance. Oh no! Which you know maybe speaks to why his uh, reaction is so strong because he had a sense of ownership of one of these over one of these women. He, I think, he maybe more than a lot of these other men is suffering that like crisis of of impotent masculinity but i also have to say that what quoth does on this page and the next page is a very like particular kind of male fantasy like macho guy fantasy where you do not only do you rescue the damsels in distress but then you also get to come back and show all the men in their lives what the right way to treat them is and what you're going to do about it if they don't i like it's not something that bothers me so much that I think that this, you know, that I don't want to enjoy this book, but I do think that that is a mode of storytelling that 
doesn't work quite as well in 2023. Definitely. It's it's definitely dated. And also to to have it come so short after Kryn going, he's a real man. Yeah, that, that sentence really just like it, it that I think that sentence more than anything feels so dated. Um, and I think that Rothfuss would write it differently today. It would mean the same things, but it wouldn't be the same words. Yeah, I feel like a book today that was coming from the same direction that I think Rothfuss wants his books to come from would like deconstruct that a little bit more rather than leaning into it and saying, here's how a real man acts. He uses violence, but in a good way. I think a contemporary book would sort of have him, I don't know, maybe act a bit more sensitively. I mean, I I'm, I don't agree that there's any idea of like how a quote unquote man quote unquote should act. Um, I think that's a bit of a dated idea. I think gender is a construct. It doesn't actually, well, I mean, it exists, but only because only as a construct. Yeah, this certainly this is a dated idea. And I can't help but wonder if that's part of why Rothfuss is taking such a long time to write the third book, because he is certainly aware of how the discourse has shifted. I think his opinions have probably shifted, but he's also kind of locked into what's already been put on the page. So he can't just like suddenly have quotes attitudes shift around these things. He has to work with these as well. I mean, there's, it's, it's extremely complicated. I feel bad for us. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, but also if you don't want the world to shift around the book that you're putting out, you have to put it out in short order. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want the world's perspective to shift while I'm writing my book. <laughs> uh, that's for all the, the Goo Goo Dolls fans out there. Um, <laughs> I think we've done a good job on this page. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Up until now, Quoth has been really trying to diffuse the situation, right? He's really trying to like be calm and you know be rational and like not not kind of match their emotional valence. And he's he's even like sympathetic to the issue that we've identified on the previous page, which is their their kind of like helplessness and their shame about that helplessness, and that's why they're so angry. But the thing that sets him off is that the kid calls her a raw whore, and he mm. breaks the guy's arm before he's even realized he's done it. And that well, the reasoning for that could like could be both things. It could be one thing. It could be another. But like, I feel like more than anything, it's not because he's calling one of the girls that he's not breaking his arm because he wants to like he feels in any way like bad for the girls i think he's doing that because he feels personally yeah. attacked by someone saying yeah, absolutely yeah maybe and we've we've talked on this read about how like quote has perhaps some negative personal prejudices against sex workers so maybe that is also in the mix mm -hmm. here yeah, I mean, look, if you really wanted to stretch for a motivation here, maybe this is him on some unconscious level lashing out at this kid because he's mad at himself for calling Denna a whore. Yeah, yeah. I think that's horseshit personally, but I think if you were the kind of person who wanted to read too deeply into a text, that's a thing. Yeah, you well, do. I mean, to, I maybe am reading too deeply here. I love that. Jeremy's like, I'm not reading deeply into a text, but I'm going to tell you what you would think if you, if you were to do it. <laughs> that's right i have well i mean i'm actually i'm gonna critique my own critique here where maybe this is actually like rothfuss is my is not saying this is how a man should behave but is actually demonstrating that quoth is not perfect either and is committing the same the same sin that these men are because he also has is acting in violence he's acting with violence out of shame and helplessness over 
his reaction to what this guy said for and all of those what... reasons. His own attitudes towards sex workers, his own relationship with his people, his helplessness at not being able to both save the girls sooner, his helplessness at not being able to like, or, you know, his, his struggle over whether or not he did the right thing with the troopers and his struggle over like how he can't single-handedly um, rehabilitate the name of the Rudd despite that's his best what I efforts. mean when I say that like, it's hard for us to conclusively determine what the themes of this book are and what it's trying to say, because so much of that depends on how the story ends, right? If the story ends, the story could end in such a way that we realize that, Oh, one of the themes of this book is that like Quoth's impulsiveness and his, his kind of unexamined violent tendencies have really made things worse. And you can see that going all the way back to uh, when he rescued those girls from the false road troop. Or it could never come up again. And then we're looking at the scene going, hmm, maybe this is part of like an unexamined prejudice on Rothamus's part, you know, but you can't make that judgment until you see what the book's trying to say. That's why it is so important for a story to have an ending <laughs> because the ending colors the entire story. Yeah. Something we talked about while you were away is that maybe Rothfuss is setting something up here. Maybe this isn't necessarily the culmination of something, but this is the beginning of something. I guess it's easy to think of it as the culmination of something because it's the last book we have, but you're right. There's so much space for it to grow to. There's actually one last thing I want to talk about. It is yeah, act two. It's the, uh, it's the empire strikes back. It's the across the spider verse, which everyone should go see. It's incredible. Well, there is one thing I want to talk about actually very, very fast is that they were good fighters. The false row were like organized and they were able to effectively fight off this mob. So they were no pushovers, it seems. Obviously, Quoth leveraged some subterfuge to to get to to defeat them, but like they were bandits. Like they, they were, were in fact actually career criminals. Like a, yes, they were hardened criminals prepared to fight off a bunch of townspeople. Yeah, well, they possibly even like paramilitary. You know, like they had, which is interesting, is like we, you know, aside from like Tim and and Aleg, we didn't really encounter too many fighters, or at least they didn't. Not to say they didn't put up a fight. Certainly but... not enough to fight off a guy who's been trained partially by the by the ADEM. Uh, but more than enough to see off a disorganized band of frightened townsfolk. Uh, shall we get to the, the next page? Yes, let's get to the next page. I want to make a quick call for letters. We've started to sift through the, uh, the, the cracks between the cushions in our couch for letters to read so i'm still there's a few still in the chamber some of them are maybe a bit too dated or we've talked about them enough so i may have to forego them but i would like to say we since we are approaching the home stretch if you want to get your letter read on the air uh, right sooner than later supplies are supplies are dwindling act fast (laughs) (laughs) we may finish the book (laughs) call the number on your screen and uh we'll uh take your call tomorrow on another page uh, Operators are standing by the wind.